to Harvest Australia podcast. We trust you will be blessed by this message from Senior Leader Marty Manuel. I've titled this Stay the Course. And um, I think that this will be pertinent for at least a few of you, maybe quite a few, I don't know, but um, it's what I kept hearing sort of all week as I was just dwelling on, um, on just preparing for today was stay the course. And, um, and that's it really, so goodbye. <laughs> well, I mean, that would be a miracle, wouldn't it? <laughs> And honestly, for a lot of you, that's all you need to hear. Stay the course. Stay the course. It's tough. It's rough. It's brutal out there. But stay the course. One thing that Karen and I have learned and talk about a lot is that often we want um, one thing, one track to break open and to become clear. But uh, we're seeing more and more in our lives it's, it's often multiple anointings that he wants to release. It's not honing in on just one diamond that perfects our life and it's the only thing we'll ever do. No, often he'll use multiple anointings, often dual anointings, two realms, two anointings that we will run and that we'll carry and that if we don't get frustrated with, if we stay the course, he will let us see the complementary factor of having two anointings running together. Maybe, maybe it's, uh, you know, in a certain realm of life and then there's a, a ministry realm. Uh, or there's, there's your spiritual life and then there's a way that that outworks in your workplace or your study arena or with your families. Uh, or whatever realm of life. And so we can often get frustrated because the one dimension that we want released doesn't get released in the way we want it, and so we give up. And I want to encourage you today, stay the course. Stay the course because he's, he's brewing, he's fermenting good things. And so Joshua chapter 1, verse 6, a lot of you are going to know this real well. Um, Joshua, by the way, Joshua, uh, I was just dwelling on this uh, this morning actually, um, Joshua, from what I can work out, he lived around 20-odd years in Egypt in slavery, like many of us. We lived a certain portion of our younger years maybe in slavery or in sin. And then he lived approximately 40 years in the promised land, uh, sorry, in, in wilderness. And so he's wandering, wandering, wandering with all the people and there's promises, signs and wonders, confusion. It's, it's, it's a whole concoction of the really good and the really bad, isn't it? Very similar to our time here on earth, isn't it? And then he gets released into the promised land. And I, I couldn't quite work out exactly how long that was for, but in fact it's hard to define. But, um, but I think he lived till around 110 or something like that, so work it out. He, he lived quite a long time in the, in the promised land. And so we can actually see here a little bit of a pattern of our lives. There's, the, there's the air, our life, perhaps pre-Jesus, where we lived in slavery. And then we live in the wilderness, or we live with God releasing certain portions of his goodness in the wilderness, and, and those who were faithful, like Joshua, actually then got to see the promised land. 
And so we can actually see the analogy here. But Joshua obviously was, was anointed leader after Moses died. And um, the Lord is giving him a word and stirring him for what is about to take place. And he, actually, he says here in verse 6, Be strong and courageous. For you shall give this people possession of the land which I swore to their, to their fathers to give them. Only be strong and very courageous. Be careful to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, so that you may have success wherever you go. And I'll finish it there just because I think we've got the, the crux. But this is a reminder to us to stay the course. Joshua needed it even after all he'd seen the miracles, the incredible things and uh, the phenomenal things that he must have been witness to. But then also the disappointments as well. And, and the Lord's word to him was be strong and courageous. And, and that's what I felt to encourage some of us here today with is stay the course and you might have to be strong and courageous because it might mean actually staying the course sometimes is the harder thing to do. But rarely does the Lord tell us to run. Run away, I mean. Rarely. I mean, there's, there's obviously times where he'll, you know, he might say that or he might say, you know, do a new thing or whatever it might be. But more often than not, he likes us to complete our season. More often than not, he likes us to be successful in the realm and the dimension and the area that he's got us to working in right now. Very rarely does he allow us to half plough the field and say, okay, go on to a next paddock now. He likes us to complete the assignment, doesn't he? And so we can see a bit of the heart of the father is just because it's going, getting a bit tough doesn't mean we run away. And um, I want to encourage you from a couple of different um, verses today and you know it might be too many to write down or go to all of them but James chapter 5 verse 8 says you too be patient and stand firm because the Lord's coming is near and that word stand firm there's a lot of passages in the Bible with those two words together stand firm or standing firm why is that because the Lord knew we needed a lot of encouragement to stand sometimes and and even with what we face during our lives and the different challenges and trials, he knew that we would need various encouragements when we read scripture that actually say, hang on, you're doing well, just keep standing. 1 Corinthians 16, 13 says, be on the alert, stand firm in the faith. And it actually says this, act like men, be strong. Or other, other versions say, um, be courageous. It's interesting that the, the uh, more original versions still say, act like men because men are meant to be courageous. And so actually acting like men is not a, a, a sexist type thing. Acting like men is actually act like men should act. And that is courageous and being upright and upstanding and righteous. And, and Galatians chapter 5 verse 1 says, It was for freedom that Christ set us free. Therefore, keep standing firm. And do not be subject again to a yoke of slavery. It can be difficult when we're facing a trial or when we're questioning life and questioning what's going on to actually just stand and wait on him. I want to um, actually, um, Tom, if you can throw up that slide um, of a very, very, very famous passage of Scripture. Um, Matthew chapter 6, 9 to 10 
And um, a lot of you know this. We actually sung a song, uh, and that was by accident this morning, which had these words in it. And it says, uh, this then is how you should pray. Jesus teaching the disciples how to pray. And he says, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Now, this is a, such a familiar passage to most of us that we almost skim over this and we just think, oh, wow. It's, it, yeah, of course. But if we dwell on this for a moment, I want to bring out two dimensions of this passage for us today that I think is important because when we're facing trials and we just want to run or things are getting confusing, confusing and it's difficult to stay the course, it's often hard to... We hear a lot these days about heaven on earth, on earth as in heaven, that last little phrase which I love and there's revelation in that and, and we love that and we pray that, we sing that. And we ask the Lord to release his power and his presence here on earth. But I want to just take us to the bit that I underlined for a moment. It says, your will be done. Now, this is the hard part about heaven on earth. Because if we only think everything should be heaven on earth, as, as it's, everything's perfect in heaven, right? If we just think everything's perfect in heaven and we need to translate that to earth, um, we can often then have a question mark in our lives and in our circumstances when things aren't perfect. And we think, well, why not? Why, if, if we're meant to have heaven on earth, what's going on in my life? What's wrong with me? Well, I want to just let us focus on those first four words there that say, your will be done. Because he's playing out his will in our lives as in heaven. See, in heaven, his will is perfectly released. That's what he desires on earth, that his will would be released, that his will would be accomplished, not that everything would be perfect. Sometimes we have a mindset whereby that, that we can actually feel like we're not quite cutting the mark and we can actually feel condemnation because maybe we're not seeing heaven on earth in our circumstances like maybe everyone else is. Let me let you in on a secret. No one else is either. Even though that's all they'll show you on Instagram... <laughs> They are still walking through trials and struggles and doubts and fears and question marks. Why? Because his will is being done. His will is being done, not ours. It's his will. It's the kingdom of God. And if we put this together, we see your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. So what is that actually saying? It's actually saying, let your will be done on earth. Let your will be done on earth. Let the will of the Father be released on earth. Not perfection and success in every realm of life. We pray for that, believe for it. But often it doesn't happen. Why? Because his will is greater than our will. His desires are greater than ours. And often we go through struggles and questions to then find his will. If everything we prayed and asked for and just almost commanded and clicked our fingers actually then just happened, we would begin to think that we are God. We would begin to get a mentality of where we carry, uh, we carry such an authority whereby we can do this. And, and it's a dangerous tight walk. Can you see the very small difference I'm just bringing out here today? And, and we still believe God wants to release his power and outpouring all over the earth. We believe that and pray that. But if that's all we focus on on this passage, we forget about your will be done. The will of the Father. The will of the Father. 
be done on earth. Because his will is freely released in heaven and he wants to release his will on earth. So that's the prayer. Let your will be done, Lord, here on earth. Just like your will is done in heaven. And what that does is it brings about a humility in our reliance on the Father. Not a beating and a, and a you know, self-sacrificing mentality. But what it is, is it postures our hearts in submission to the Father's will. Not our will. And so straight away we look at that and we go, wow, Lord, what are you doing in this situation? You want me to stay the course? Good. I'm going to fight it out. I'm going to stay the course. Just because I can't see heaven on earth being released in this situation, it doesn't look like glory, doesn't look like success to me, but you're doing something. You're doing something with my life. It feels like you're crushing me, but the wine comes from the crushing of the grapes. It feels like I don't quite know what my life's purpose is, but your will is being done in my life. You are bringing something out. You are grooming me. You are shaping me, molding me. And, and sometimes this can even sound like old, old school theology, can't it? Old school doctrine. Uh, and, and if you read Oswald Chambers, like you can get the book, you know, and do your devotional, you'll read some of that and you'll go, wow, you don't hear this stuff these days. You don't hear this a lot. But it's, it's the hand of the Lord shaping us and even breaking us, even breaking us sometimes to the point where he brings out his will, where we actually say, Lord, not my will, but yours be done. Even though I might have certain desires and I want certain things to happen and I pray for those things. Ultimately, I know I'm human. I know I'm human. And I'm not going to be perfect until I get to heaven. I know that. My theology isn't that, isn't that great. Okay? I, I know my own mind and my own heart. But one thing I do know is if I'm praying in accordance with his will, then I'm on the right track. And so it's, it's an interesting posture to remember that whatever we're walking through, he is at work. He is at work. Don't run from the hand of the Lord when he is shaping and absolutely loving us through the circumstances of life. And this is one of the things that I'm sure Joshua needed this kind of encouragement. I'm sure he needed a word from the Lord, so to speak, after wandering for 40 years and, you know, the previous generations died off and he's thinking, well, what now? Well, then the word of the Lord comes. The word of the Lord comes. And this is often what happens with us. Just at the moment when we're about to run, I even felt it during worship this morning. I knew what I was going to preach on, obviously. And I, I felt him remind him of just something that, that I'm to do in staying the course and, and there's little reminders. It could just be a little thing or it could be a really big thing. But whatever it is, stay the course. Unless he tells you to change direction. And I would wait for multiple confirmations of that. Because more often than not, in my life and the people that I you know, have observed over the years, there's something about perseverance that the Lord loves. There's something about perseverance that he loves. Romans talks about sufferings and perseverance develops character and releases hope. And you put those four words together and it's pretty much the journey of life. The journey of life. Sufferings, perseverance, developing character and then releasing hope. Releasing destiny. Releasing life. 
And these are encouraging things. And so Ephesians 6.11, a lot of us know this about the armor of God. It says, put on the full armor of God so that you will be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. There may be some various areas of your life or my life where there's weaknesses. They're the areas where we put on the full armor. We take up the armor of God, whatever it is. It might be prayer or it might be faith or it might be the word of God. If we're weak in any of these areas, these are the areas that we put on that armor. And then we can stand firm against the fiery darts of the enemy. Because remember... He is like a lion roaring, uh, wandering around, seeking who he can devour. So he is constantly trying to get through your armor and my armor. And so when we read things like this, we realize the word of God was serious. He was giving us the tools of warfare, the tools of our warfare, how to live a successful life, how to live a, a life full of encouragement, even through the trials. Put on the full armor of God so that you'll be able to stand firm against the schemes of the devil. His schemes are to steal, kill, and destroy. That's, that's his endeavor. And um, in this day and age, it is, it is just growing. It, it's, how, how do I term this? Um, there's a growing movement against anything Christian, isn't there, in, in the media? Anything Christian. And, and you sort of read this stuff or look at it and it, and it just m makes you get a little fiery. And um, one thing that I was reminded of this week when I was sort of looking at some of this stuff, I just thought, wow, uh, it's, it's amazing how the enemy will manipulate anything and anyone against the gospel, against the purity of Jesus Christ. He'll use any tool he can. And I mean that <laughs> in any way you want to take it. <laughs> but it's fascinating what people come up with to accuse Christians of. It's just like, what next? What, literally, what, what next are they going to pick on about our faith or about Jesus or the Word of God? I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. But I'm telling you, that's not our battle. <laughs> that's what I realized this week. That's not our battle. There, there'll always be some argument. And in fact, I think it's getting so stupid now that, you know, and, and some people call it the Trump effect, actually. Whether you like him or don't like him, there's actually, a, there's in the wake of Donald Trump's victory, there's actually an uprising of people being anti-politically correct. Don't you love it? They're actually saying, hey, I'm a Christian and I'm okay with that. And, uh, and so, you know, be it good or bad, I think that's a great thing. It's a phenomenal thing. And, um, and so I think there's actually more and more as the devil tries to manipulate and even bring these weird things out, more and more good, honest human beings, saved and, are, and unsaved, uh, are realizing this is a, just a load of rubbish. What are we listening to? What are, who are we letting lead these things? And so actually God's will is being done and highlighted through these circumstances. And so he will use any means possible. So even the trials, even the confusion, even the questioning times in our lives, we're going, well, what, what good could come out of this? Stay the course. He'll bring out his will. He'll bring out something. And in the end, we end up saying, oh, I can see now. I can see now. Maybe it's a few years later and we go, wow, okay. He really did do something. That suffering, I persevered. It develops something in my character, and now I can see the hope that he's released through that. 
And so we can see the journey of Christianity is all about the will of the Father. It's about the will of the Father. And when we submit to his will, our will becomes his will. Now, this is definitely not something I've perfected, but it's something that I pray. And when I, when I read this and when I pray this, when we sing this, I focus a lot on, Lord, let your will be done in my life as your will is done in heaven. And then I actually remember, wow, I've got to be listening to the Father to learn what his will is. See, it's not just about me declaring, you know, something and releasing something in my own capacity. Because in my own capacity, I have nothing. I'm sorry. I have zero. But in the capacity of the Father and in the posture of the Father's will, then I can release as a son what he has given me as an inheritance. I can spend the inheritance. And we get a deposit of the inheritance now, and his name is Holy Spirit. That's what the Bible says, that the Holy Spirit was given as a deposit of what is yet to come. And so here on earth, Holy Spirit is given. Karen and I have really enjoyed this week. We've been watching um, the series called AD, Kingdom and Empire. I don't know if some of you watched it, but it's about, it starts in the death of Jesus, and then it follows through a series of, you know, the early church amazing series fantastic we're loving it and um and uh and what we we just grasped from this and just watching the it's incredible to just see what god did in in the early church and what he released and and their heart and their simplicity and their focus and and everything there and, and i suppose it just takes you back to the basics and sometimes when things get too confusing go back to basics Go back to real basics. What has he put in you? What's, what's he speaking to you about? Or what's he not speaking to you about? Because a lot of us might want to run, but he's not even speaking to us about that. We might want to you know, develop this or go and start up this or do this, but he, has, he has, hasn't even, you know, he's not even in that. But then he speaks through our hearts and our desires and our passions, doesn't he? And so when we follow that and when we listen to that, we say, okay, Lord, I think you're on that. And then we begin to walk in that and see, see what he's doing. We begin to hear his voice and maybe his anointing. And, and Karen and I have talked about this even this week. And, you know, as you know, one of my favorite preachers is R.T. Kendall. And, you know, his simple definition, untheological simple definition of the anointing is what comes easy to you. There's like little feathers flying in front of my face here. <laughs> um, of what it's quite distracting, to be honest with you. <laughs> what comes easy to you? Sometimes we make the anointing um, something so heavy and so monstrous. It's do you feel the anointing? You know, and you got to say it with some Pentecostal drawl. And, and we have to wait for that to come before we actually act on anything or do anything when a lot of the times it's just a simple whisper. Just to, you know, again, in the series we're watching, you know, they show at Pentecost and it's just like a breeze. The Holy Spirit's just a breeze that blows in. And uh, I think he blew in here this morning, didn't he? And during worship. And, and so sometimes it's just those little moments where it's just like, wow, okay, he's present. He's present. He's doing something. He's on something. And, and his, his anointing is sometimes just something when we recognize, we increase. And so um, 
I've found trying not to make a, a, a big theological thing out of our passions and out of our desires and staying the course sometimes just means go back to basics. Get it real simple, real easy. What's coming easy? What's right in front of you? What's he giving you to steward now? What's, what's on your plate? You know, devour that. Chew it well. That's something we've also learned in health circles. What's the analogy? What's the analogy? Drink your food, eat your drink. I'll let you just sit on that. You can ask Karen later what that means. But it's very important for digestion, okay? Uh, it means chew a lot. Chew your food so much that it becomes almost liquid and then you end up drinking it. And then do the same with your drink and it gets your digestive juices flowing and all that sort of stuff. So anyway, the health tip number one for today. And a lot of people, okay, total footnote here. A lot of people ask me during the week about chicken feet. What on earth do you do with chicken feet? And I haven't had quite so many questions in quite a while about any one thing but chicken feet. And, um, and so we don't actually eat them, okay? I'm sorry for those of you who thought we chew on chicken feet all day. So again, you can ask Karen afterwards what we do that, but we, we drink the juice, if you like, the gelatin. So um, anyway, on that note, I just felt all the anointing leave the room. <laughs> I want everyone to stand. And I just love you to lift your hands, particularly if those three words, stay the course, are for you. And I want to pray for a fresh anointing of strength, and of persistence and of hope to fall on you today. And um, because we need it. We need it. We need his presence. We need his encouragement. We need his word in season over our lives, whatever we're going through. We need him. So Jesus, I ask you to come now and release your life and your touch to those of us who specifically need it this morning. We thank you, Lord Jesus, for who you are. We thank you that you are real, that you are alive, and that you love us, and that you want us to see your greatness. You want us to be so filled with you that we are little, little, little Jesuses walking around with the kingdom with the power and the glory emanating in us and through us, with your anointing, not ours, with your will, not ours, with your glory in and through us. So, Lord Jesus, we say, let your will be done in our lives today. Let your kingdom come. Let your kingdom be released right now in and through us. I pray, Holy Spirit, for the wind of your presence to just blow over us today with a fresh empowering, a fresh anointing, a fresh breath of heaven, fresh hope to believe and fresh strength to run, to do whatever you're asking us to do, fresh empowerment to stay the course, to see your guiding hand in every situation. Let the word of the Lord Blow again into our minds and our spirits. Let the word of the Lord shake us. Let the word of the Lord come and speak with clarity, 
with clarity. Holy Spirit, I pray even right now, release your anointing. Release your anointing on us. We wait on you today, Holy Spirit, and we ask you to come. Come, come, come. Yeah, with your fresh wind, fresh wind of heaven, Lord Jesus. Yes, Lord. Fresh empowering, fresh empowering. Holy Spirit, I ask for a fresh increase of empowering, empowering, fresh hope, fresh life. Yes, Lord. Shika shamba. It doesn't really matter if you feel anything or not. You can receive by faith or feelings. There's no, there's no, uh, there's no certainty either way. It's the presence of God. And just let His will be done in your life. Just let His will take over. Let Him take over you this morning. Let Him take over. Let Him wash away disappointments. Let Him wash away things that aren't happening. And Lord, we just we ask, let Your will be done this morning. Let Your will be done this morning. Let Your will be done this morning. Thank you, Lord. Thanks for joining us on the Harvest Australia podcast. For more information and events in the life of Harvest Australia Church, please visit harvestaustralia.org.